You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Partido Partido podcast where we talk everything Aleti. So, Andre Bata said before this, before some time ago about that Aleti are going to be having a quiet transfer window and Cerezo is just from saying Aleti are going to spend before they can buy. That means Aleti needs to spend 40 million before they can buy. And there have been a lot of news popping up recently about Aleti arriving at their wage limit. So joining me to talk on all of this and to shed light on everything that's going on and how we got to Aleti got to where they are, find themselves in this current situation, it's Emiliano. And then you know him on Twitter, Amole Josimo. So Amy, how are you? Fine, you? Um, I'm doing great. Better than Aleti, I think. Yeah, probably. Can't can be much worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we are going to dive straight into things and we are going to start to talk about the management of the club. I'm sure everybody knows that Aleti, you basically have two names, which is Gil Marin and Cerezo. And um, Amy is going to talk us, talk, is Amy is going to tell us how those two get their positions at the top of the board of Aleti because it's not really, really clear. Well, all this starts in, in 1927. Uh, there are elections at, at right at the time. We were still a fan-owned club, so there were elections at the club. Uh, Jesus Gil, Gilmarine's father, was one of the candidates. Until then, it was 
quite improbable he would be able to win because he didn't have a very good reputation. He had some uh, corruption scandals in Marbella and he had been already in jail. But what he did was present Paulo Putre, the best player at the time, as the signing if he was able to win the election. So that got him to win the election. In 1992, because of the situation with the debt for most of the Spanish clubs, they were forced to become a private owned. So, to do, in order to do that, whoever wanted to be the owner, in this case the owner got to be Jesus Gil, had to buy the shares. But what, um, what Jesus Gil did in the last moment, because if not Atletico Madrid was going to be playing in the third division of Spanish football, what he did that in the, in the last moment was to buy the club but in a sketchy way in which he never got to to pay anything. And this years later was proof that they got the club illegally. By then, uh, Jesus Gil was already there, but Cerezo and Marine were supposed to go to jail. They didn't go because the case prescribed. So by that, we can already see the kind of owners we have. I, I don't know what you think about it. Well, I think that says a lot about them, given how a lot of mismanagement has gone at the club, be it phones, be it for franchise, or be it player deals. So there has been a lot of things which are sketchy, and they keep on doing sketchy deal. And we all know there are so many question marks the fans have, and so many things that you cannot answer to. For example, we're diving now into the finances and you have things like Aleti has been in Champions League for 10 seasons in a row and Aleti are saying each season we need to sell before we buy. That isn't clear and it's like that is the the message they have been preaching to the, the media. So what happened or what we don't really understand because it's not really clear. First of all, what we need to understand is how the the salary cap limitations and the, the financial rules work in Spain. Well, the limits are set based on the income you have, and to that you have to deduce the payment of debts and structure costs. What is making Atleti have such an issue? The payment of debts. The club is under a big debt. We are under a 1 billion euros debt, the, of which a huge part of about 25-30% uh, is short term, which is the main issue, because if it was long term, it wouldn't be causing such an issue. That is what makes us enter the 25% rule. That is what, that in order to spend one, one euro, you have to save four through, say, uh, through the sale of a player minus the remaining amortization plus what you save from the salary of that player. Of that, you can only spend one of each four that come to the club. And that's what we are going through right now. We will enter that situation if before the close of this uh, financial year, we don't receive an income of 40 million, 
which isn't expected to come in this last day sincerely unless I don't know from one moment to another a club play pays the release class the release clause of someone it won't happen so we are going to be in that situation that is going to be very difficult for, for us what I think that uh, we have to question is how we got to this situation uh, because a club in such a big depth it's hard to explain based on the amount spent and what uh, and what we generate uh, I don't know what you think about this well as Amy just said the club is at a situation where they can register players like for example Cerezo himself said Aleti has signed Witzel and his official but they need to sell make sales of 40 million and that is due to the huge debt Aleti has and as Amy mentioned explain it is short it is a short term debt which kind of put lots of pressure on the club on the club and tomorrow is the third year because we're recording today on the 29 which is the day in which they account for the 2021 season closes so you see that there's Aleti has to do a lot of things to cover up things which isn't the best and to talk us more into how we got to this situation because we the club said it was the land that they sold on the Cardinal that was going to pay for the Wanda for the new stadium the Metropolitano and then we have had sales come in and you have had the money from Champion League but then each season it is we need to sell before we buy so it is kind of sketchy so Amy how do you get here or where has the money been going to right well first of all that uh, narrative of we have to sell before we, we buy has been always there since i was uh, since i was a fan i started to support this club in 2004 and since then since then, since then there has always been an excuse not to be able to spend money first it was the debt with the tax authorities in spain in when simone came when the cow got sold that was supposed to solve the issue it didn't get solved we had to sell costa to solve that apparently that then supposedly got, got solved but then we had another generation of debt that made us in that situation how that debt got generated it's hard to understand because when you check as you said 10 years straight in ucl what that has meant is that they have the club without counting this last season has already got incomes for over 500 million euros based on market pool and prices for performance in terms of prices for performance we are third in europe after real madrid and bayern we are the third club that has got more money in terms of prices from uefa then we have sold players for almost a billion euros and the net spending is only 130 in the last 10 years so we are averaging about uh, 13 million per season which isn't much we have gone through free capital increases so the situation is hard to understand they say that the problem is the, the, that they are spending a lot in salaries well well we're 12 in terms of uh, salary spendings and we are also 12 in terms of income so it seems even also uh, the situation in terms of uh, 
well like you rightfully said there has to be something to it that has there has to be a reason for maybe all the money which we have Alitin's performances are generated in the champions league the cash injection from investors there has to be a reason why we are not seeing that money be going to the squad i know though some some will say well they will spend 126 million for Joao Felix. Well, that was basically the money we got from Antoine Griezmann that we technically paid for Felix. And we want to talk about maybe other areas where maybe the money has gone to. You have, you have a mom like the franchise. They are trying to maybe increase the brand, the the brand of the club, make it global. I think Gil has spoken about that. That Aleti has grown big global worldwide and we calling a lot of attentions from fans all over the world and. You kind of have the sister club that we have in Mexico in Atletico de San Luis, and you also have, sorry, yeah, Atletico de San Luis. Then you also have Atletico Ottawa in Canada, and there was another in India which I think failed, and there was also an another investment in in France for Lens. So you kind of have those investment which are failed. I mean, do you think maybe those investment in those clubs are kind of the reasons or trying to increase the club? Globally, take it to other countries, increase its maybe its popularity. Has that that is that because technically it has been a failure? Has that kind of maybe been a reason why some of those funds that we don't know where they are going to? Uh, well, uh, I think that it could be part of the reason, not fully. It is true that they invested money on these franchises that, as of now, haven't represented the, the sort of success that they were expected to. I personally would question how having a mediocre club in Mexico would make us uh, go global or would make us uh, be a more uh, important brand in Mexico. Because to be honest, I think that what makes a, brand, a club go global is to have great players and to win trophies. That's what, what makes a, a football club go global. And in the case of Atletico San Luis, for example, it's a club in which they have invested a lot of money. and. It, it is also costing money nowadays because if we go to to last season, they had to pay $5 million to the Mexican League to stay in the first division because the Mexican League has a system in which it's sort of a closed league system. But if you are in relegation spots, you have to pay the league a certain amount of money. In this case, it was $5 million because that is going to go, to go to the clubs in the lower league, in the second division. So... The results, sports-wise, aren't going aren't be going great. They are costing money to the club because in order to stay in the first division, for example, they have to pay five million. And commercially, I don't think it has represented the the growth that they said that was gonna bring. I think there there might be other interests there to make business maybe by himself. In the case of Kilmarin, maybe he wants to make some sort of business in Mexico. And that's why he started a, a franchise in Mexico, for example. But then there are also other situations that could be considered, uh, in my opinion, sketchy, because they are hard to explain that they took those decisions. For example, in 2013, they uh, sold 40% of their rights of coke to an investment fund that was uh, related to Jorge Mendes and Peter Kainer. Well. Um, those 40 per that 40% of the economical rights of Coke 
were sold for 3 million euros because in order to get that for that 40 that 30 percent sorry it wasn't 40 40 was for Saul 30 was for Coke the only thing they had to do was give up the the 3 million that uh, debt Atletico had with them at the time in 2011 something similar happened to Saul they sold 40 percent of his right for 1.5 million something also questionable because Saul by then was already one of the biggest prospects of the academy and they were basically valuating him for 2.5 million which doesn't seem uh, a number that reflects the value he had for the club right then neither of Cobb came in 2013 like 3 million for 30 percent would be around 10 million for the the total uh, percentage of his rights when he was already a starter for the team uh, then you also have situations like, like what happened with the stadium. We got told that by selling the land of Calderon, they were going to be able to fully cover the the cost of building Metropolitano. What happened is they sold Calderon for 180 million and they paid 310 million to build Metropolitano. They also spent 73 million in a failed project to build uh, a training complex in Alcocon. So those kind of things uh, also express uh, what could have gone wrong for us that made us be uh, where we are now. Some might have been, uh, as it can always happen to anyone, you don't take the right decisions or you expect something to be in a way and then it doesn't end up being that way. That, that's fine, but what calls my attention are cases like the one of Coque and Saul that uh, could be considered kind of doubtful that they were done with the right intentions because it seems sketchy, in my opinion, to to sell forty uh, percent uh, of one of your best academy players for one point five million. Well, Amy, just talk about sketchy and under the current management, there have been a lot of sketchy deals, not just selling the rights of Koke and Saul, but you also have players like Jota. You also have players like Johnny. Those are players that you thought the club is buying them and maybe they are not ready for the first team at the moment and should in case they loan somewhere, competitive football, and they are back. No, I think, for example, the Johnny was more or less explainable because they got him for a low fee because he was on his last year of contract and then they got a great from him because I think they sold him for about 20 million and they paid him one uh, about six months before 6.5 million that was a good deal but yes what you said of Jota was kind of strange strange and also what we have to consider of Jota is that Mendes owned 50% of his right right then because right then a uh, third party ownership was still a thing so he owned part of his he wasn't just his agent but he was part in part the owner of the player so that makes you think too and why is it that the club when they had a 20 million repurchase option and Jota had already done was great in England and was calling the attention of clubs like Liverpool that they didn't uh, pay that 20 million to get him back and instead for example spend 126 million in Leo Felix
like you said, Amy, if we were better in our scouting, maybe we could have not been here. Better spending the money we got from sales, we could have not been here. So I just wanted to do maybe a comparison for many of the Aleti fans who haven't experienced Aleti, Bricholo, or who were not fans before Cholo came. So comparing now and before Cholo, that's comparing Aleti State in 2022, and comparing it to Aleti into it before 2012. So what's the comparison you can make? Because technically, now Aleti is in a better state than then, but it doesn't look like much has improved. Uh, well, I think the situation now is better than it used to be, in part because the sporting success uh, Cholo brought uh, made us grow in terms of revenue generation and also now we are selling players for a lot more money than what we used to but what i guess think is that the expectatives before were a lot lower and before it was uh, more justified that we we were in a position in which we first had to sell in order to be able to buy because the revenues we had were a lot less we weren't uh, achieving much in terms of sport results so we weren't also getting uh, high prices from la liga from uh, international competitions and all that so i think overall uh, it's more frustrating now because of that because it feels like after 10 years of a great effort from simeone from the players in order to be able to reach high positions to stay at the top for many years uh, to be in the top three of La Liga for many years, breaking a club historic, uh, historical club record. And it feels like we're in a position in which we can't even think about uh, planning in the long term and signing players without always having to think, to think about sell, having to sell first. Well, so. Well, like you have said, it looks like the board doesn't have a long-term project which is what which is one of the key factors to where we are now like you said we are better off than we were before because now we are the position where we can generate a lot of revenues but it is frustrating given the fact that we need to maybe free up space before we can sign players or register some players which is really 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 bad given all the effort cholo has done it's like for example it's like aleti is at edge of a cliff and about to fall and Cholo is the one holding Aleti not to fall and that is maybe justified with maybe Aleti giving him a high salary because the owners are kind of thinking with Cholo there they can maybe continue with their mismanagement and maybe many of the fans will overlook that which is not really the best. So hopefully Aleti can maybe get out of this current situation which is not looking very likely. So it looks like Aleti are in a better place as compared before as compared to before, but it doesn't look like the club has made much of a progress because we have similar situations we are facing at the moment, which is the same thing. We had to sell some key players in order to upgrade certain areas in the squad. And at the moment it looks like we have to free wages in, in, in order to upgrade certain positions in the squad. Because for example, you have Klaus, which is eight million analytic cannot afford a player of that even signing a free agent we cannot even register that really says a lot about how things are going behind the scenes which are not very good 
So in me, all of this talk about the mismanagement of all the money Cholo's, Cholo has generated, I think we can say that because it is his performances on the pitch that has taken a little to where we are. It is his performances on the pitch that has made a little to be able to move to a new stadium. So how does this affect the team sports? Well, I affect... think uh, that in order to to be able to fulfill Simeone's expectatives, we know what he said in the last press conference of the season, uh, the club uh, expects to qualify to the Champions League every season, but he wants to win. He wants to win trophies. And at the same time, he said that uh, when he first arrived to the club, Hilmarin told him that they needed to qualify for five straight seasons to UCL in order to uh, assure a financial stability. Now, after 10 years, we are in a position in which uh, we have qualified to Champions League for, trade, for 10 straight seasons, and that financial stability still hasn't arrived. So I think that might uh, tire Simeone. And at the same time, when you don't have that financial stability sports-wise, you are always going to have to be in the position of selling players, planning in the short term, and not able, not being able to replace even when you sell those players for players of the same quality. Because we have seen the past seasons, although we had the luck to to win a league in in which I think we we overperformed and Simeone performed a miracle with that squad. Because I think a lot of players aren't ever aren't ever going to perform again to that level, and we also had the luck with Suarez arriving for free in a situation that wasn't going to be expected or uh, easy to replicate in the future. Uh, I think that uh, in order to be able to keep on competing, to keep on having the, uh, to be able to fulfill Simeone's expectatives, we need to to solve this financial situation. If not, it's going to be impossible to to in the long term fight for trophies like we have been doing in the past. Uh, you, uh, you, ha you can see the, the situation right now. Uh, the club needs a centre-back. We are going to be able to afford one probably and we're going to stay with Felipe and Hermoso after them having a terrible season. We are struggling to, to get a right-back, which is also something very concerning because that will imply another season of Llorente as a right-back. We had to go for Witzel as the defensive midfielder. That, although I think he's a useful player, it's also a short-term solution. He's already 33. And then the situation with the striker, it seems like like it's going to be Morata. Uh, based on the the re multiple media reports, he's and the Simeone's favorite option. And at the same time, we, I think we can all agree that he's and a player that he's that is going to get you closer to competing for trophies. He's maybe a 15-goal-per-season striker. In order to compete for trophies, you need a guy that can score 20 or more, I think. So, th with all that said, also you're in the, pos in the position in which if you sell someone important, it's very going to be very difficult to replace. Uh, for example, in the past, it has been rumored that we could sell Carrasco. Let's say we sell Carrasco we won't be in the position of replacing him with someone of his quality, probably. We are going to have to bet on someone or to bet on someone Lino and uh, and be patient enough to develop that player into the level Carrasco was at. But without, with that, you won't be able to compete for trophies and you will be in the position of maybe in two or three seasons you sell that player you developed and you have to start all over again. 
which I think is very frustrating for the fans and for Simeone because after so many years getting the results we had to get in order to grow, it seems like there hasn't been enough development in that sense. Well, Amy, you just talked about how that, that you just talked about the fact that Alexis financial situation puts them in a position where they can only go for short-term projects, which is really bad because that seems like that is going to be the theme for Alexi at the moment. And with short-term projects, we know one day it is going to get bad. For example, it's like with short-circuiting, you keep on doing short-circuit and what happens at the end, it catches fire. So it is something similar. And at the moment, we are around the, around the time where can the flame can just start and that would be really bad for Aliti. So you you have just mentioned some of the players Aliti are gone for this summer. You talked about uh, Witzel, which is an option Aliti has brought in as a free agent. For example, yes, he's, he's not the guy he was when he was as a need. He's a little bit older, but technically you'll be hoping moving from the era of Thomas and Ruji and now we are going to someone like Witzel. No, it's not I'm downgrading him, but thing, he's not like the workers player he used to be, and you see that basically the financial situation is putting you in a place where we cannot go for certain deals because there are so many wise moves in the market Aleti could have made or Aleti can make, but they are not making because of the current situation. I just mentioned Jonathan Klaus, who is a player from Lens. Aleti has been linked with him also, and they can't afford him. So you have all those things. And you just talk, mentioned also about Cholo's press conference, which that press conference revealed a lot because it kind of showed the vision Cholo has for Aliti and that of the board. He says the board, uh, the objective of the club is to finish in the top four, but him, he wants to win. That's his objective is to win titles. And in my opinion, I saw that, that like him sending a message to the board that it's like he has been keeping quiet for a long time and maybe he kind of speaks because I think this is one of the first time where I think he has not really backed the board or maybe covered up or speak, spoken something that gives light to what the situation at Aliti is like. So do you think Cholo is going to stay for Aliti for a long time because most of us don't want that to come or do you think if things change, he can change his mind and he leaves or he's going to stay? I think that if the situation keeps on going like this and he can't uh, take the project to the level he wants it to be, that I think it's to be able to compete for trophies often and uh, he has made everything t- possible to reach that level because he has uh, made everything the club could expect from him. I think that he might get tired and leave. I don't know uh, for how longer he could stay. I think he has a contract for t- until 2024. And if you ask me, ask me right now, uh, I have my doubts he will continue after that day. Uh, it will it will also depend on how things develop in the this season. I think that this season could be a breaking point. Uh, this market could be a breaking point because if we don't th- get the things in order to be competitive, we could suffer a lot this season, and that could uh, determine a lot his decision for the future. Uh, on the other hand, I think that. And one thing that would be positive and could hold him for longer is if we are able to develop some academy players. Now we are going to get a, apparently a good generation of, of academy graduates. They have got great results. This one has been a historical season for the academy overall. So I think maybe with that, 
if he's able to to find some players that are at the level of the first team, like like it happened before with Thomas or with Lucas or with Koke, Saul, if he can if he can be able to find someone like that that can uh, respond to the urgencies we have that maybe we can't be able to to buy in the market that could uh, give us weapons in order to be able to to keep on competing and to keep on growing as he expects but overall uh, i don't know how probable that is because we're talking about players that maybe are 18 19 that need some time to develop and i think Simeone expects uh, some fast answers so I'm not extremely optimistic about him continuing after the after 2024. Well, hopefully he change, he continues because given the current management, him leaving might be very bad for Aliti. You just touched on something I want us to talk quickly before we come to the end of the podcast. He talked about the youth players and this season has been really fantastic for Aliti, not just in the male section but also in the female section in terms of the youth because it's like all of all of the trophy b the juvenile e the b team under 16 even the tournament which is the mad cup we just concluded today to yesterday and today you have a little either being the final or winning it shows that there's a lot of good players in the subcategories and if the club can maybe handle it because on previous podcasts i and i touched on the fact that the club are not doing well to maybe in transition those players to the first team and also make them ready with the loan deals. For example, in two seasons ago, you had players, about five of them going on loan and playing just about 200 minutes. That is not really great. But things have changed recently and you have the likes of Roro, Camelo, who went to Mirandes and had excellencies. You also had Borja Garcia, who was like a leading member of Leganes. So you have those loan deals which are great and we are expecting many more of them. So do you think things can change and we get many more players because when a club is always in a financial in a situation where they face, face financial difficulties that's when many academy players burst onto the scenes i'm talking about the clubs like a club like Aleti, who is around the top competing with the likes of real madrid and barcelona so do you think it's a possibility that the likes of rodrigo Riquelme, sergio camelo simeon javi serrano all of them can you do you think those players can in two or three years time be part of part and parcel of the first team uh, well i think uh, it will depend on many factors we know for example that what was a breaking point for coke for example was not being able to keep diego rivas back in the day what was a breaking point for saul was thiago's injury so it always depends on many circumstances I think I think we have some players in the academy who could have uh, the potential to add in maybe in two or three years be part of the first squad. Uh, maybe I think I am quite impressed with what ha- with what Roro has done in the in last season at Mirandes. I also like the minutes uh, Javi Serrano got in the first uh, when he was part of the first team. And I, I think there are some more players in the academy, especially in this generation that Torres managed to the semi-final of the UEFA Youth League. I like uh, the likes of Navarro, uh, also the uh, players like Camara, 
like Sergio Diez. Sergio Diez, for example, maybe could transition faster because we are struggling a lot to to get another right back. So maybe that could give him more possibilities in the short term to get some more playing time and to show his value. And hopefully that, that transition won't be so difficult for him, which is also another aspect to consider that although many players might seem extremely talented uh, at the academy, uh, professional football is another thing. You need another mentality, another physical preparation. Uh, it's it's completely different. So although they, they they seem to be extremely talented and to have a great potential, then they have to to show it at the at the highest level, which is never easy for a player of that age. Well, hopefully in the future many of these players make it to the first team because the generation we have now is really amazing and we have seen rumors like Real Madrid trying to sign some of the players from our subcategory. So hopefully things change and we can maybe look for a system of a loan system which we can able to integrate these players into the first thing, given our current financial situation. So Amy, just before we go, I have maybe a tough question for you. So do you think Atleti's current situation is down to the fact that the club, the owners are not willing to invest and keep short-circuiting or maybe due to the fact that the owners have mismanaged the club in spending and trying to look for other ways to generate revenue in the name of the club but basically for themselves? Uh, well, I think it's it's more than one thing. I think there has been mismanagement. There have made bad decisions in the market. They have uh, overpaid some players, but those are the main reasons for which we're in this position. I think uh, the main issues were decisions like uh, opening franchises that aren't showing the expected results, selling the land of Calderon for less than expected, uh, throwing money on a sports complex a project that failed, and also a lot of sketchy stuff that is hard to explain, and a lot of, of it which we don't know about, but what we know about already shows that there are things hard to explain, and I think that says a lot, because even with uh, bad decisions in the transfer window and paying uh, certain players more than what they deserve, that doesn't justify a one billion debt. Well, Amy, you have just said it all, the mismanagement and buying players of paying a lot for players or paying, paying a lot of salary for players who don't deserve it, that does not say it all. There are a lot of things we don't know and hopefully in the future we are going to know more on how these guys have spent the money in which Jolo and, his, and the players have generated over the last few seasons. So, Amy, it's always great having you on the podcast and hopefully we... See you on future episodes. Thank you very much. And you know that whenever you need me here, you can you can tell me and I will be part. No doubt, Amy. Thank you so much. So guys, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope this episode kind of gives you an idea on the current state of Aliti financially. And also for non-Alitis fans, this is how the club is. And Cholugo has really done a lot for this club. And it's not just him dragging the club behind, but him holding the club not to fall into where it was before he arrived at the club. So guys, remember, never stop believing. Nunca they had the dream.